0: All righty, good morning. We'll try this again with another microphone. We are uh, in a series titled Conquering the Chaos in Your Life. Anybody not had, have any chaos in their life? Anybody? Wow, well, 100%, we've all got chaos somewhere. All right. uh, how many of you had chaos this week? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> 100%, Okay. So we kind of know where we're living today. <clears throat> and so uh, I want to take a look at the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah. That's that's in the Old Testament, in case you didn't know that. The book of Jonah. And, and we're all familiar with that. We've We've heard the book of Jonah for years, right, Jackie? <laughs> yes. Since we were old enough to go to Sunday school or whatever you went to early on, the book of Jonah. And the big fish, right? That, that's the sound of, of hunger. Says so a little, little chaos and it's fixing to be resolved. Yeah. So, some, some forms of chaos are a little easier to resolve than others, right? When you're hungry, you just get something to eat. It right? that, that solves that for, for two hours anyway. Unless you're a teenager, then it solves it for 15 minutes. Jonah, chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness had come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, He went aboard and sailed to Tarsus to flee from the Lord. Now, you know you can't get away from God, right? Psalm 139 says, if I go to the heights, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. If I go to the sea, you're there. If I go to the mountain, you're there. If I go to Walmart, you're there. Right? Wherever you go, you can't get away from God. He's just going to show up. He likes doing that. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship was threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship, because that would help them sail in the rough waters. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep, man? Get up and call out to your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. Very superstitious people, they all had their own little gods that they worshipped, and So the captain went down and said, man, you're the only God that had not cried out to anybody. How about crying out to your God for us? Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Mm -hmm. So they asked him, tell us, who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? What did you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? just I mean, started grilling him, man. What's the deal here? Why? If you cause all this storm, what is going on? And he answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and who made the land. Now This terrified them, and they asked him, well, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told him so. Now, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon me. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Now this is kind of like having heartburn, you know, taking some antacid, right? Swallowing about six tums, right? Just calms it right down, right? Seven tums, eight tums, whatever it takes, right? Anybody in here ever taken a tums before? Okay, two people, all right. The rest of you are not telling the truth, All right. So. you own part of the company. Tom, to Tom, Tom. At this, the men grew, uh, were greatly feared. Uh, The Lord had, they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided the great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Uh, We all know the story. We know how it ends, right? So last week we talked about Uh, chaos and some of the things we could do to solve chaos I want to talk about one thing today and that is this obedience conquers chaos obedience conquers chaos obedience is one way to subdue the chaos in your life now as children we learn obedience from our parents that's the first that's the first place we learn obedience by the time we get to be adults, we've, we've had several other lessons in life to teach us obedience. But our first lessons in life in obedience come from our parents. Uh, don't touch that. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your mouth again. Will you please take that out of your mouth, right? If you've got a three-year-old, you know what I'm talking about, right? Or a two-year-old. just Put everything in the mouth. Don't, don't put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your mouth. And we learn that. We learned don't touch the hot stove, right? That's one of the first things, don't touch the hot stove. Don't. Ezra was helping us cook the other day, and we were yeah I'm talking about you, buddy. Hey there, I see you. Yeah, He was helping us cook, and I said, don't put your hand over there, it's hot. You know what he did immediately? He was standing in a little chair. He stuck his hand over the top of it. I just almost died. I'm, just, I'm diving for him. Don't put your hand over there, it's hot. He it just <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's like, yeah, Papa, you're right. It is hot. Don't touch it. You had to see, you had to see. and he didn't. He was very obedient. We, we learn obedience as children. And then we get a little older, where we learn to debate with our parents. and that happens at what? Two, two and a half, two and a quarter? Right? Four, five, six, don't do that. Why can't I do that? Johnny's mom lets him do that. Have you ever heard that? you ever heard that? Johnny's mom. And and what's your reply? Well, I don't know Johnny, and I don't know Johnny's mom, right? Isn't that the standard reply back to that? You live in this house, you're going to go by my rules. Or the best is, well, if you want to go live under Johnny's rules, then go move in with him. Here, I'll pack your bag for you, right? I got so mad at my mom one time when I was six or seven. I was going to run away from home. She said, fine, I'll help you pack. So she got a little stick. Got a little, some sort of, I don't know what she wrote, but it's probably a diaper. Put all my clothes in it, tied it up on that stick. You know, you've seen the picture. And said, bye, see you later. And I'm, I'm walking out the door. She said, well, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'm just running away from home. She said, all right, bye. She closed the door. <laughs> she closed the door. I'm walking down the sidewalk with my little stick over my shoulder <laughs> with, with some sort of clothes and a banana in there, I think. She, she gave me some food. I got maybe 10 houses down the street. And I thought, this, this, something, ain't, something ain't right about this, right? This just doesn't feel right. <laughs> so I went back home. And, of course, she let me in the door. And then we had another little talk. And then I think I had a spanking in there somewhere. And I learned my lesson. But we want to talk back. We want to debate why. Why, why do I have to obey this? Why do I have to obey this? Obedience is simply... I'll tell you one time, that's it. But we, here's the problem. We don't trust, we don't trust that our parents want the best for us. That's why we debate. Now, let's translate that to the spiritual side of things. We want to debate God, too, when he tells us something, right? Because we don't trust that he has our best interest at heart. So three principles this morning. And this applies to parenting. Children, if you're listening, and teenagers, I hope you are, it applies to you as well. But it also applies to our relationship with our Father in Heaven. So about parents, the first one is, good parents know you. Good parents know who you are. So if you're parenting, you, you know your children. You need to get to know your children. You need to spend time with your children. You need to have a relationship with your children. You need to be able to pick your child up and they say, I love you is the first thing out of their mouth. That was so sweet. You need to know. You, you know, there was a time when, 100 years ago, when a father wouldn't know his child. He wouldn't spend any time with his son or his daughter. He would he'd go to work. He'd come home. And, and you've seen the magazines. They they, they they roll around on Facebook sometimes, the images, you know, where the, and the instructions for the wife. When your husband's coming home from work, make sure you freshened yourself up, right? And that you have your high heels on and you're wearing something pleasant, right? And you greet him with a warm greeting and you don't, you don't complain about anything when he walks in the door. Have you seen that making its round? That's hilarious, right? How many of you women would vote for that? Right? None, right? Yeah. But that, you know, 100 years ago, that's what they told you. Have something warm for him to drink when he walks in, Right? and let him lie down on the bed and rest for a little bit? Oh, you know what? No. (laughs) I've been with these kids all day long. I'm leaving. They're yours. You do something with it. I can't do a thing with him, right? Come on now, are you with me? Are you with me? You know, here's the thing. Parents, good parents, Notice I'm using the word good because I know there's some bad parents that don't do this. And I'm sorry if you're raised with a bad parent. But good parents get to know their kids. They build a relationship with them. Which can lead eventually to saying, no, you can't go to that party. You're only 14. You can't go to that party by yourself. No. At least you're saying it because you know what's at the party and you know your child. And the answer is no. No. And there's no debate to it, right? And so teenagers, listen to me. Children, listen to me. You listening? When your mom or dad says, no, you can't go, it's because they know you and they know where you want to go. And you simply say, okay. It would be okay to also say, can you give me a reason? Just so you can learn. Could you give me one reason? Yes, here's the reason. And then stop at that. You don't need two reasons. You just need one. Because mom or dad said, this is not good. Parents, that's good parenting. Children, that's good parenting. Your parents know you. The, the second principle about about parents is good parents do want the best for you. Good parents do want the best for you. They really do. You know, when we were raising our two I didn't sit around all day long and think, hey, what's the worst thing I can do for my kids? How, how can I hurt Angela and Caleb today? Ooh, let me think of the ways. Oh, let me think I can get them in trouble. Let me think I can get them in danger. Oh, I think I'll go buy them a rattlesnake and let them play with it. Would I do that? No. No, I wouldn't do that. I want the, I want the best for Angela and Caleb. Still do. I want the best for my grandchildren. Hey, listen, I want the best for you. Ken, I want the best for you. I don't sit around all day thinking about the worst thing I could present to you. I wouldn't do that. Good parents want the best. And so the third principle in this is good parents, and this is real important because it'll be different when I get to talking about God and his parenting. With us. Good parents direct us with the past in mind. Good parents parent us, good parents parent their children with the past in mind, what do I mean by that we're thinking about past events in our own life that we've learned from to parent our children today so they can learn from it good parents parent their children, direct their children, give guidance to their children based on their past experiences does that make sense Because that's real important. So let's talk about how God parents us and calls us to obedience. The first, the first one is the same as good parents. God knows you. Psalm 139. He He knew you before you even formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. He knew everything about you. He knew that I would be tall, handsome, good looking, and tell great jokes. (laughs) He knew that. He planned that in advance. God knows that about me. He knows, he knows things about you that you don't even know about you. Right? He knows things about you that are amazing and wonderful that you've not even discovered about yourself. You had no idea you would enjoy painting or sewing or skiing down a hill on a snowboard. Why anyone would do that, I don't know, but God knows you. And so you have to trust that when God tells you to do something, that he knows you. Just like as a child, you have to trust that your parents know you enough to say this is the right thing. God operates the same way. He knows us. Secondly, God wants the best for us. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to help you. That's what what God's plans are for. He wants the best for you. Why would God want the worst for you? Now, you know, we've been raised with a theology out there that says that when something bad happens to you, it's because God wanted something bad to happen to you. And that's just foolishness. God wants the absolute best for you. Now, God's best for you may not be what you want his best to be for you. Right? Right? You know, you may, be, you may be dreaming about a Porsche, right? But God's going to give you a Cavalier. And if you're old enough to remember Cavalier, you know the difference between those two, right? God wants the best for you. He really does. But here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. And this is where it comes different between good parents and God as he parents us and calls us to obedience. God directs our path based on the future, not the past. God parents us with the future in mind, not with the past in mind. Good parents, human parents, parent with the past in mind. But God parents us based on the future in mind. Why? Because God already knows your future. He's already in Monday. You realize that, right? God is already in Monday. God transcends time. He doesn't wear a watch like we do. He doesn't have a calendar like we do. He transcends time. He created time. Therefore, he's beyond time. You understand that, right? He transcends it. There's no such thing as time where God's concerned. But because we understand time that way, we can understand that he's already in our tomorrow. He's already in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He's in next year. He's in 2025. He's in 21,25. He's in 25, 25. He's in our future. And so when God calls us to obedience, listen, when God calls us to obedience today, it's for our future tomorrow. Now, where does the story of Jonah fit into this? Here's, here's two key principles. Rebellion in one person can cause chaos for many. Rebellion in one person can cause chaos for many. And so it was with Jonah. The rebellion of one man, Jonah, caused chaos for everybody on that boat. Rebellion in one can cause chaos for many. But the second principle in this is obedience of one and conquer chaos for many. When Jonah was obedient, he went to Nineveh and preached and the whole town repented. In fact, the, the leader of the town sent out a decree and said, we're going to worship Jonah's God today because he was going to, he was going to crush us and then, he, and then God relented and said, I will not crush you because you repented. The obedience of one can conquer chaos for many, many people. Now, let's put this on a practical, very practical level. If you're on Sam Ridley Parkway, and you're going 65 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone, and you're weaving in and out of traffic, one person can cause chaos for many. So that one person rams into somebody else, and traffic is backed up for six years. Sam Ridley. Yeah, it sounds like Sam Ridley, doesn't it? Sounds about right, doesn't it? One fender bender can back traffic up all the way to Las Casas, right? Walter Hill. You know, wherever it is out there, can back it up. <coughs> the disobedience of one can cause chaos for many. But the obedience of one, the obedience of one, Can conquer chaos for many so when God directs your path to go tell someone about Jesus this is really important think about this for a minute when God directs your path to go tell one person about Jesus and you lead that person to Jesus and they trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior you potentially have conquered chaos for a lot of people in their lives because when that person becomes a believer and begins to read the Bible and begins to practice the Bible and begins to conquer the chaos in their own life based on God's principles in their life, their children have less chaos in their life. Their children, their children will have less chaos in their life. Their children will have less chaos in their life. Do you see how the obedience of one can manifest through generations after generations after generations? Do you see how important that is? How important it is for one person to say, "I'm going to be obedient to God's laws, to man's laws, and to nature's laws." Three sets of laws that we live by: God's laws, man's laws, and nature's laws. Nature's law is gravity. Okay, if I get up on top of my house and jump off and do a belly flop on the ground, I have violated the law of gravity. And I'll pay the price for that. And other people in my family will pay the price for it because they're going to come take care of me after I've broken 75 bones in my body, right? With a full belly plot face plant to the ground. You see the chaos I would create if I did that? But because I understand gravity and know how to use a ladder properly, Right? and I'm conquering chaos in my life while I'm getting something else done that needs to be taken care of on my house. When you stop at a full-way stop sign, come to a complete stop. When you come to a complete stop, there's the one right there. There's the guilty person right there. When you come to a complete stop at a full-way stop sign, you've conquered chaos because the sign says stop. That's man's law. When you roll through a stop sign, you've created chaos. God's laws, man's laws, nature's laws. They're all important to obey. When we obey them, we conquer chaos in our life. Here's, here's a couple of thoughts for you. We are all, all of us, every one of us, are paying the price for someone else's disobedience. Adam and Eve started it. Adam and Eve started it. And so we're all paying the price for Adam and Eve's disobedience to God but secondly we are all reaping the benefits of one person who obeyed every one of God's laws every one of man's laws and every one of nature's laws except the laws he set aside to do a miracle and that's Jesus Jesus obeyed all of man's laws and all of God's laws and the laws of nature and because he did you and I now reap the benefits of his obedience. So we can live life reaping the results of disobedience, or we can live life reaping the results of obedience. But Before the service started, I was talking with one of our ladies who was telling a story about buying a car. She had made up her mind she was going to this dealership to buy the car and she got there and went through the whole thing and said I just need to pray about this a little longer it doesn't feel right and so as she was going about her way the Lord spoke to her and said I want you to go over here because this is where I want you to go and she said well okay I wasn't thinking about going there but she did and because she did she had a blessing because she was obedient to that blessing uh, to, to what God told her to do she was blessed so it can be in the simple things buying a car. It can be in the complicated things um, about how to parent, how to parent each child differently but love them equally. It, it can be the whole gamut of that. So obedience will conquer chaos in your life. Obeying God's laws, and the only way you know those is to read them. Right? Obeying man's laws, and that comes by reading and understanding and, and just doing it, and by obeying nature's laws we can conquer the chaos in our lives so what happens if we come to this place this morning and we realize that we've been living in disobedience to god's laws man's laws or nature's laws for some reason what do we do well we do what they did in nineveh they repented repent means to change the way you're thinking that's what the word repentance means just change the way you're thinking And so you get before God and say, God, you know, I really haven't had a good attitude about this. I thought it's been okay for me to roll through the stop sign. And really I need to be stopping it because it says stop. It doesn't say roll. It says stop. And stop does not mean skid tires on pavement, right? That's what I was taught growing up. STOP, skid tires on pavement. Did you get that, Melissa? Thank you. You simply repent say, God, you know, I've had a, I've had a bad attitude about this. and I, I repent. I change the way I'm thinking. From now on, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop at the stop sign. Yeah. Teenagers, children, from now on, you need to repent and say, when mom says no or dad says no, you can't go, just simply say, okay, thank you for looking after my best interest because I know you want the best for me. Tell your mom that. Tell your dad that. Dad, thank you for telling me no because I know you want the best for me. Kids, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You'll be amazed at how, how much more mature you become overnight just by saying that to your parents. You will. If a teacher tells you to do something, simply say, Yes, I'll do that. You'll be surprised how quickly you grow up. You'll be surprised how quickly your, your parents will let you do things that they weren't going to let you do until you're much older. But when they see your maturity, and saying, yes, mom, yes, dad. They will give you more responsibility. They will actually let you drive a car when you're 19. <laughs> <more> years, <laughs> you got that, Dwayne? You got that principle? Just say, yes, mom, yes, dad. The more you do that, the sooner you get to drive the car. Maybe it'll be 18 and a half. <laughs> principle is true with God. The more you say yes to God and obey him, the more he gives you. You get that? The more you obey God's teaching, the more you obey man's teaching, the more you obey the laws of man. God. God looks at that and says, he's growing up. She's growing up. She, I, I can give her more responsibility. I can, I can give her more gifts. Because God's like that. He wants to bless us. He wants the best for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the story of Jonah, one who disobeyed and then eventually obeyed. And Father, we're all like that. We all have a little Jonah in us. So, Father, I pray this morning that, uh, that where we have Jonah in us, that we would repent of that this morning. Make it right with you and others this morning that we can live a life of obedience uh, to your will and your command and your ways. and Father, we acknowledge this morning that you want the best for us, and we give you thanks for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, that you want the best for us. For us in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.